0: Hello. Hello. Jean Jacket Gang. It's Jean Jacket Gang. We I, I all... do
1: not have my Canadian tuxedo right I now. I call these balls as they say where I'm from. <laughs> That's
0: is this picking up good?
1: Yep, yes. It, it, it is. Welcome to ASMR Podcast. <laughs> Bo- bodily function ASMR Podcast.
0: I uh... Excuse me. (laughs) Sir? Uh, (laughs) Great. Ready to go? (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Intro's Mm -hmm. done. Hello, hello, and welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah Jazz podcast with me, Sarah Todd, Jazz Beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. Right up top, we want to say, if you are a local business in Utah, and you are looking for award-winning advertising for your company, we just happen to have two people that are award-winning ad writers, and we would love to partner with you. So if you're listening and you are someone that wants to advertise and promote your business, or if you know someone, we have reasonable prices and we're very good at what we do. And we would love to just slang your info and merchandise on this here exceptional podcast, if I do say so myself, Greg.
1: Completely independent podcast.
0: Completely independent regularly being posted people are it's going to go into the ear holes of so many people we cannot wait to partner with great utah The season businesses. is here
1: it is tipped off it's here we are, we are it's peak basketball season it's right it's now. time and we would love nothing more than to promote your business
0: and think about all the people that are going to be listening to this heading into all-star break which is going to be great for businesses in utah
1: Ju- you want people saying. to know that your business exists and that it's exceptional. Aside from what we do here.
0: Aside from the amazing opportunities that you could have with us unsalvageable, we're also going to talk about some stuff today. Yeah, So what do we want? Do we want it's sexual gold. misconduct? Do we want a team that wants to hire someone for sexual misconduct? Do we want anti-Semitism? How do we want to go?
1: <laughs> uh, let's just roll the dice.
0: <laughs> it, let's wheel a
1: of fortunate baby.
0: There's a lot of bad right now in the NBA.
1: It's not great.
0: Kyrie Irving got so close to making a real apology. He got. He, he was so, so close. He kind of
1: did on his Instagram, but that's it's what I'm like, talking
0: about. The Instagram is, was very close to being a legit apology, but then he just, he had to add one more paragraph where he talked about how he, he, he didn't, he failed to point out what he did and did not believe from the quote unquote documentary. And then capitalized. I am who I am. Cause I guess he's Popeye or whatever.
1: A, a documentary that's been banned from Amazon, which will sell anything.
0: Like I just, I just don't. I mean, you can literally buy a noose on Amazon.
1: Where, where do you, where do you start with this guy? Like I, I'm, I'm legitimately tired of talking about Kyrie Irving. Going back to like the flat earther stuff, yeah. and we talked about it on, on Brigham Young Money on our latest episode. There seems to be a real problem with this generation. And that is too many people conflate contrarianism with intellectualism.
0: Yeah, absolutely not the same thing.
1: And we're I feel like a, a generation is being raised that doesn't know the difference. And just because it may go against mainstream society, all of a sudden gives it validity or credibility. That is not necessarily the case. Not only that, I also think that it's a plague this idea that you got to hear both sides on everything. Yeah. You absolutely do not, especially when it's completely debunked, like racist, anti Semitic garbage.
0: Yeah, if the other you can put side- a hard
1: stop on it and say no, I don't need to. I don't need to listen to this. I don't need to even talk about it. It does not even belong in my mental space.
0: No, if one side is like love, understanding, compassion, historical fact, and the other side is absolute bullshit, bigotry, you don't need to hear the other side.
1: No, you don't. It's, you know, it's, I said it, I said it on BYM, I'll say it again here. It's really the, the, the paradox of tolerance, you know, where if you are a tolerant, accepting, loving person, you eventually do have to draw the line because if you are tolerant, accepting and loving of everything, that's when the the waters get muddied. Yeah. You don't have to be,
0: you don't have to be tolerant and accepting of racism.
1: Or intolerance, whatever that may be. And I understand that's paradoxical, but- Them's the rules. Them's the facts.
0: Them's the breaks, as Boris Johnson and it would just, say.
1: it just sucks, man. Because, like, it, it it seems to be so much more pervasive than just Kyrie if you look at the outpouring of support throughout, you know, uh, professional sports. Kyle Kuzma goes on Twitter today and says, can't even speak the truth. You know, and you get, you get all sorts of players – liking Kanye West's post talking about Kyrie Irving being a real one, including former Utah jazz center, Rudy Gobert.
0: Yeah, go ahead. And you know, if you were to just look at Kyrie's post on Instagram, his apology, if you will, uh, the comment section under that is. Don't like it's full of blue checked marked people who are like, Oh man, we stand with you. Like, oh, I can't believe they made you apologize. It, I, yeah,
1: it, like, sorry, but actions have repercussions, especially racist, anti-Semitic actions.
0: Yeah, it's I feel there like, seems to
1: be this this whole thing, another conflation of censorship and accountability, right. And the fact is, like, actions have repercussions. It's, I, I swear this is my entire parenting philosophy.
0: Right. And, I mean, I was talking about this with Colin last night, and he made the point because I was like, how is it that people still don't understand that if you work for a business – like, free speech, if you're standing out on the sidewalk and on a public forum, is different than hate speech while working for a company.
1: It's literally free market 101.
0: And, like, I, I don't understand how people still, like, don't get that. And, and, like, what Colin was saying is, like, at this point, this many years into, like, dealing with so much, like, very public, like, hate and bigotry, people who don't understand the difference between, like, being held accountable for like how you're representing a company the, in this instance, the NBA, if, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're conflating that with like being censored from free speech, you just, you're willfully ignorant at this point. You're, yeah. you're willfully looking at it the way you want to look at it. But there's such a
1: market for victimhood in our, in our culture or in our society. And that's part of that whole contrarianism thing is that you can be a head. And people will give that validity and And, will like, there's an entire, I mean, I I could go down the list of the type of grifters who make their living off being censored for truth
0: and like whatever
1: other garbage, however you want to frame that.
0: Kyrie seems also to be like one of these people where it's like, I don't know the hipsters. When I was like in back in my day, being a hipster was like using, using like a Brown Bic lighter and like, (laughs) listening to indie music, right?
1: Yeah. Listening to Interpol.
0: And like now it's like, it seems like, like you were talking about, like it's contrarians and people who like think that they have like a higher understanding of the world with completely unearned. Believe that though. Right,
1: right, right. I love what, uh, what Miro said, you know, from Jesus and Miro, he said in 1998, you could be like, I'm a free thinker and look like a smart guy. Now that shit is synonymous with, I went to YouTube University.
0: Yeah, 100%. And that's what it feels like. And like Kyrie isn't even like hiding the fact that like his beliefs are based on absolute garbage because he has said many times, he's like, Yeah, I follow these Instagrams and I like watch these videos. Like he he's admitting where he's getting this information.
1: Yeah. He's literally got his PhD from YouTube university. It's just, and again, another very paradoxical thing about the society we live in is that we have information at our fingertips. Every one of us walk around with a computer in our hands or in our pocket at all times where with a couple presses of buttons, you can get the answers to any question you want. It's a miracle. It's wonderful. The inverse of that is that you get an influx of disinformation right. from nefarious sources,
0: right? And you have to be willing—you have, to, be have willing to, yeah. to dig for credibility.
1: Yeah, it's, it's something that I talk about to my friends and my family all the time, is that you have to consider the source and you cannot take things at face value anymore in in this society for this exact no. problem. You have to look at who the author is, where it's coming from, like, and then the material itself. Right. And, and, and I, too many people don't do that because we live in a very ignorant and very apathetic culture.
0: And I'm not someone who is like, like, do I believe that, like, Kyrie could come back from this and, like, realize, like, the the ills of his ways? Like, absolutely. Because I was thinking about I this. I hope it
1: happens.
0: I was thinking about it when I was reading through, like, you know, we had kids in blackface in Utah. We had kids showing up to uh, high school wearing uh, a clan costume for Halloween. And, like, I'm reading through this stuff and, like... I am perfectly willing and able to admit that, like, I grew up in an insulated white community. Same. Where, like, I have said and believed some dumb shit in my life.
1: Thousand percent. I,
0: I am not immune to being a product of, in, of my environment. and Absolutely. I, it took me it took me until college to start realizing that some of the stuff that I said, some of the jokes that I made, some of the things that I believed were just were not only ignorant but like that they they were learned behaviors and beliefs that had no bearing in like an actual society. And it took a long time for me to like, become the person that I am. And so, like, yeah. I, when I see these things happen to these high school kids, I think about like what it would have been like when I was in high school. And I wish so badly that someone would have shown up for me in when I was that age and been like, and tried to have educated me. I wish so badly that I hadn't like made mistakes up until like college when I started to like discover the world and moved out of my insular community. And yeah. And so I, and so I, I looked at those kids and obvious, I mean, obviously that's really extreme, right? Like wearing a clan hood to, as a costume, like that's some, that is a
1: chain gang costume.
0: Yeah. Those are some like deeply, deeply aggressive racist, stuff that has to be dealt with. But like, like, do I think that like those kids could come back from that, that they, that they could learn and understand outside of wherever they are. Do I think that Kyrie could be shown that like, Hey man, like you are, you think right now that you believe these things. And, but like, let me show you that like, there's a different way and like actually be educated on these things. I absolutely believe that. But the the other side of that is that I did not have information at my fingertips when I was a kid. Yeah. And, and the people who are surrounding Kyrie, surrounding teenagers, the people who are educating these people, the people who are in charge of trying to run these people's lives, whether it be teachers and parents or in Kyrie's case, a fucking publicist. Like s- somebody has information that can help these people and they should be using it.
1: Yeah, I, I, have I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of feelings. Yeah, I I agree with you 100. And I I love a redemption arc. I'm cheering for a redemption arc. I'm not. I'm certainly not holding my breath. Right. But there can't there can't be justice. I mean, that's part of the human experience is learning from your mistakes.
0: Yeah, and I and hopefully
1: hopefully. I mean, a big problem with someone like uh, like a Kyrie and a, a contrarian is that you see like the double and tripling down,
0: right? I mean, and even not his... being open, right? Um... To
1: you know, and it's it's this it's this almost like smugness that I see. Not even almost like straight up smugness of like I know better than you, and if there's a, like a real arrogance about it. And so again, not really crossing my fingers or hoping my breath, but I, I want it to happen. There, there should be redemption. There should be forgiveness. There should be second chances. I certainly have had multiple chances in my life after I f***ed up. So I, who would I be to, to not grant that to other people, but you have to go and make those steps and you have to put in that work. Right. In and order then, for that to happen, you can't just say you're sorry and like, and like snap your fingers, give somebody a hug, and then like everything's better.
0: Right. And that's why two things. Number one, that's why on his apology on Instagram, again, like it it's it was it was on the money. He was saying the right things right up until he said, I want to clarify any confusion on where I stand fighting against anti Semitism by apologizing for posting the documentary without context and factual explanation outlining the specific beliefs, the documentary I agreed with and disagreed with, which means he, w- he's still doubling down saying like, yeah, there's stuff in this that I like. And he still hasn't outlined which ones he believes with and doesn't believe. And so that's, that's number one. He's, he's continuing to double down and then it's number- wildly
1: self-righteous
0: number two. Usually, in these instances, a guy like that has Kyrie's platform throws money at the problem and walks away. And man, I gotta say, I think, was it the ADL that he uh, committed? The Anti
1: Defamation League?
0: And they said he committed $500,000 to, and they said, no, thank you.
1: No, we don't want your money.
0: Yeah. And I that is so nice to see that an organization would be like, "Listen, could we use a half a million dollars?" Absolutely, but we want it to come from someone who actually gives a fuck.
1: Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the Anti-Defamation League, that's a nonprofit, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it's and it's like that's that's the biggest thing about nonprofits is trying to get donations. So that you can be functional and you can make payroll and you can do the things that you want to do. So for them to straight up, just say no to a half a million dollars. Yeah. Huge, huge tip of the cap to them. Like that was the right thing to do and ballsy and, and really, you know, draws a line in the sand that I am very much in support of. Yeah. The whole thing, it just, the whole thing sucks.
0: Yeah. It really does suck. It's, and it sucks because it's like, I mean, another thing so avoidable that uh, listen I think that the the nets should have to be made to answer for this which they are and yeah. they absolutely should because they I mean they dealt with him and kept him around after last year when they could have not kept him around when he basically refused to play half the games because of the vaccine um and so like keeping him He's around had they, so
1: many chances
0: so many chances but the 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 Part about this is that, like, Kevin Durant's got to answer him now. Kevin Durant didn't sign up for this.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it, at the same time, you knew who Kyrie was. Yeah, but it's not said, like he was doing this contrarian bullshit.
0: But, like, Kevin Durant in
1: didn't. And in Cleveland, I understand sure, he wasn't.
0: He didn't sign up he, to, like, have to answer for Kyrie's anti Semitism.
1: Sure. That yeah. That I can agree with. But you know that he's a contrarian, and that that he's an asshole, and that he's completely self-absorbed. And you know, like you, there, there. He already had a rap sheet before all of this started. Now that rap sheet has has metastasized, but it was there before Kevin Durant agreed to go to Brooklyn and play with him.
0: And then, like now, we get. KD is like getting caught up because like
1: he's going to ask out again.
0: Well, he's saying some, he said, so let's see. Was it,
1: he basically didn't, he basically like Pontius Pilate wipe his hands and is like, this is not my problem.
0: Well, he said, so the the quote here is, uh, let's see. This is from today. I think on Friday, uh, he said, I ain't here to judge nobody or talk down on nobody for how they feel their view or anything. I just didn't like anything that went on. I felt like it was all unnecessary. I felt like we could have just kept playing basketball and kept quiet as an organization. I just don't like none of it. Which That's is weird like, to
1: see a player basically not not his head and say just shut up and dribble, right?
0: Right. And so then he he went on, uh, he went on Twitter afterwards and was like, "I just want to clarify the cl- statements I made at shoot around." This was this morning. I see some people are confused. I'm not condoning any hate or speech or anti Semitism. I'm just about spreading love. I just want to make sure that that's all at the forefront. And so I think that like he was just like, man, this sucks. Like we could have just, we could have just had none of this. But like now he's in it. Right. Like, so it's that's the problem is that like when you have a guy like Kyrie and like you allow him to keep going and keep going and keep going, this is going to affect everyone in that organization. Mm hmm. And now and again they've
1: had so many chances to correct this. Like how how they just let him like hang around after last season just like refusing to to play because he a contrarian dickhead yeah. who wouldn't get the vaccine. That right there that right there shows you're not a team player and right. it's all about Kyrie and now he's just continuing that
0: and i can't imagine he like he doesn't
1: give a shit about his team or his teammates
0: it couldn't be like it couldn't be more clear and then this is then we've got more snowball now because like it's not just the basketball that had steve nash pushed out right it is yeah. the amount of power that someone like Kyrie has, the amount of power that someone has like KD has. It's the amount of weird power that Ben Simmons has, even though he's never played basketball for the Brooklyn Nets and is arguably still not playing basketball. And yeah. and so now Steve Nash gets point pushed out. And the f- Brooklyn Nets, who do they reach out to to come in and be their head coach? <laughs> and this is wild. This is wild. It's all going on. I don't I understand. I don't understand. And listen, uh, John Hollinger pointed out this morning on Twitter, like, "Hey, has anyone noticed that Ime Odoka's not the the coach of the Brooklyn Nets yet?" A great point, but like, they did the, the
1: consideration the,
0: alone. The day that they got rid of Steve Nash, it's like Steve Nash is getting fired. A few minutes later. Steve Nash is parting ways with the Brooklyn Nets. A few minutes later, the Nets are looking for a head coach. And a few minutes later, they're going to do their due diligence. And then a few minutes later, they're hiring hiring Ime Udoka. They didn't even try. They didn't even try to find someone else. They just picked the guy that had just been suspended for sexual malfeasance and misconduct. Yeah. Unbelievable.
1: Unbelievable, yet, like, unsurprising.
0: How inept of an organization do you have to be to be in the throes of an anti-Semitic scandal and be like, you know who'd be a good head coach? The sex pest. (laughs) What? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. It's insane. That's insanity. And,
1: I was going to make a D joke, but I'm not going to.
0: <laughs> I just like, here's the thing. If Ime Udoka gets another job, like at that point, it was like eight games into the season. If if they were to hire him, that that would mean that his punishment for what he did in Brooklyn would be an eight game suspension and a brand new contract.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we got to stop. With this whole the NBA is the woke league.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely not. That's over At this point, as at
1: this point, they're just like aspiring to be the NFL.
0: Yeah, I mean, they got very close to actually trying some stuff in the bubble, right? And close. And then on in hindsight, so much of that is so performative and so gross to think about.
1: Yeah. I mean, all it took was a couple phone calls from Obama and
0: Yeah. And, uh, and then that they were right back to work momentum. Yep, they were yep. right back to work
1: Cool, love it
0: but The Emei thing Made me feel like my head Was going to explode
1: Yeah, should we talk about another sex pest?
0: Joshua Primo <laughs> What are we doing? What are we doing? What is going on? How hard is it to keep your d- in your pants?
1: Incredibly easy <laughs> yeah greg as as as, <laughs> as a as a member of the penis having community it's very easy to keep said penis in said
0: pants. It's just like one of the easiest things to do it's hard to actually expose yourself nine
1: times
0: <laughs> oh my god I don't like. Understand.
1: Like you could do a like a picture of Josh Primo with like his sexual assault allegations, doing like the Bill Russell poster with his rings. It's so it's so disgusting, and I and like ah uh, and huge problem obviously in the NBA. This is now like the the second big uh, swept under the rug sexual allegations scandal between uh, now Josh Primo and then the, oh, who was it? I forgot the name of the guy for the
0: Mavericks. Oh, well that was their, uh, that was one of their, that was like their, their reporter, their guy. Like Yeah.
1: But it's still like mm-hmm. part of the organization and obviously a pretty pervasive problem. And this, honestly, what's, what's her name? Uh, let me, no, let Josh me is with ahead. the, Josh is with the Spurs. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, it's a league problem. Like there are multiple cases among multiple
0: teams, sounds like Texas. No, I'm just joking.
1: Yeah, and then Ime Udoka as well. Like I know that it wasn't really covered up, but like obviously it's still a problem.
0: Yeah, the 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 uh, the Josh Primo thing is particularly enraging. For yeah. one, for Can one, I, well, for many reasons. But go ahead, go the. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I'll just t- for those who aren't really up on the story. You know, people who aren't sicko article heads. Uh, This is from ESPN. A former clinical psychologist for the San Antonio Spurs filed a lawsuit Thursday morning alleging that the organization ignored her repeated reports of a decent exposure by Joshua Primo, the 2021 lottery pick who was released by the team last week. According to the lawsuit, Primo exposed himself to Dr. Hillary Cawthon a total of nine times. The first incident allegedly occurred during a psychological session with Primo in December 2021 and was reported to Spurs management in January 2022. Rather than act on Dr. Cawthon's reports, the Spurs ignored her complaints, hoping the organization could ignore and then cover up Primo's actions. The lawsuit filed in Bexar County, Texas states, uh, the Spurs organization was willing to to sacrifice dr coffin to keep what they hoped would one day be a star player that's i mean that's that's kind of it right i mean what's more important your your team psychologist or your your lottery pick who shows a lot of problems who can't keep it in his pants
0: yeah um
1: And do you know what really chaps my ass about this? Is that Josh Primo, when all of the news broke, came out and made made a statement that he was leaving the team for mental health reasons. And, Unbelievably and- gross and offensive to those who really do suffer from mental illness. A very real problem. Depression, anxiety, bipolar, multiple personality, whatever it is that you have. Very real, very credible diseases. And for him to try to mask what he did under the guise of mental illness? Outrageous. Disgusting. And- Go enjoy Shanghai, you
0: and not only that, not only was it like, oh, I'm really dealing with some stuff. He also mentioned past trauma. Which yes, the, the trauma, infuriates th- another Infuriates me. It's the worst part of this because it's like, you know, when, you know, you know, when the, when they release you that eventually this is going to come out, that people are going to find out why you're leaving, why this is happening. Right. And, yeah, and-, and for you to be like. I'm the one with trauma. What about the people you're you are traumatizing? It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's
1: unbelievably gross.
0: And you know what?
1: Again, I'm usually for. Uh, you know, redemption. I really do hope he gets the help he needs and everything would be fine. Not seeing him play basketball anymore.
0: Can't remember. You watching know, again, him I think you have anyways.
1: to. Yeah, who cares? And again, but again, like, you got to draw the line somewhere. And I feel like, you know, sexually assaulting a uh, team psychologist nine times is kind of grounds for expulsion. So Yeah. And let's be clear about that.
0: Let's be clear about that. Exposing yourself to someone is assault.
1: Absolutely. It's like 100% an act of violence.
0: Yes. Like, I've been on... Like public transit, where that has happened before, that is not something that you just brush off and you're like, "Oh, that thing happened." It fucking traumatizes you.
1: Yeah, it's it's really gross. I that happened when I was riding the train in Philadelphia.
0: It's disgusting.
1: Yeah, it's 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 nothing you want to see. It's really really gross.
0: Yeah. All right. <clears throat> that guy sucks.
1: At all. They both suck. Yeah. They all suck. Sucks.
0: Sucks. Yeah.
1: Can we talk about something that doesn't suck?
0: Oh, yeah. Banana nut the bread. Utah Jazz. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Not banana nut bread. Wait, did you the say Utah banana Jazz. bread? Yes, I
1: did. Banana bread. Yeah. Top tier. Delicious.
0: <laughs> doesn't suck.
1: <laughs> Especially when you put in some 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 dark chocolate in the loaf.
0: You know what I like Ooh. to do is put some craisins in there. You know, like the cranberries, dried cranberries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could do that. I like yeah, to put those I, in I anything. Could. I like an oatmeal craisin cookie instead of an oatmeal raisin cookie. Very good. Delicious.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, if yeah, if you're going to do an oatmeal raisin, but like, like why on earth would read. you ever do an oatmeal craisin when chocolate chip oatmeal exists?
0: I actually prefer oatmeal raisin over chocolate chip. You are chip. a sicko. Yeah been told that so many times <laughs> my food takes have earned me that label more than once uh the Utah you like, Jazz you like
1: cranberry cranberry cookies over god damn it yeah anyway. uh, you
0: can you can send your hate mail to at dad Sham dad no you can send your hate mail to at swans of never um.
1: <laughs> dms are wide open <laughs>
0: The okay, so we predicted that the the Jazz would go zero and four. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. They went. Yeah, so they, they went two and two. Is that right?
1: Two and two. I felt like like this week really kind of, at least for me, gave me a really good picture of who the Utah Jazz are as a team in, in this current moment, and there's a real duality there.
0: In this and, current and moment, I, I think is probably like the operative phrase
1: yes yeah Be- it's, it's an evolving also, changing thing
0: I, right and i think that most importantly it's evolving and changing because they're still new and still a surprise
1: yep yeah. yeah i think there's still very much an element of surprise at a lack of tape and yeah people not really knowing will Hardy's schemes though there is a bit of a wrinkle of in that when we talk about the mavericks game
0: yes no. So, all right. So who did who did they play? I can't remember what they day played
1: is. Denver Memphis twice and then Dallas.
0: Right. So the Denver game that that was scheduled for a loss because yep. not only did they go in a little shorthanded, they had some guys in the health and safety protocols while Walker Kessler was sick. Um, Colin Sexton had, uh, a bruised oblique. And so there was just like a bunch of stuff going on, but also, uh, Denver was not going to let the jazz win that game after being, no. being blown out on opening night. It wasn't going to happen.
1: Yeah. And so, Bones Highland shot the leather off the ball. Yeah, and-
0: man, he went nuts.
1: Denver's good, man. They're, Denver- they're deep. Yeah. And I know they're still kind of figuring things out with Murray and and
0: That's going to take a while, man.
1: Porter Jr, but the talent's all there, man. And and, and yeah. when they do get cohesive, like it's going to be a scary good team.
0: That's two starters that you've got to integrate back into the team after them being gone for a year. That's
1: Both with big usage rates who are at their best when they're taking a lot of shots.
0: Right. So, that's that's a big difference for them to work through and mm-hmm. yeah, they're a fun team, they're deep, they're good. Uh, then then yeah like you said they played Memphis twice and I'm very surprised that the Jazz beat them twice.
1: I'm I'm a bit floored. Again, I thought that Memphis was going to come in and and mop the floor with these guys. I understand that Jaw didn't play in the first game and Triple J is still out, but they're still a good team, you know. Yeah, Memphis Desmond has a history. going to be an All-Star this year.
0: Yeah, Memphis has a history of playing really well when Ja is out. Like they're right. one of the they're one of the teams that like doesn't let up when they're missing guys. They just really, really consistent. And so, uh, not having Jaw wasn't a huge excuse. But then Jaw came back for the second game, and the the Jazz knocked their socks Blew the off. Doors
1: off them. Yeah. Yeah. So and and then you know we go to they go to Dallas and they have a bit of a stinker and you know, nothing was working offensively and they weren't shooting the ball. And then they really ran into a roadblock with the zone defense.
0: Yeah. They tried to downplay that a little bit. But I re I went, re I went back and rewatched the tape and uh-huh. problem. It listen, like per the numbers, they were still scoring like 0.9 points per, um, like per possession against the zone, which is not bad, but um, it's the way that they were doing it. They didn't break down the zone. They just got lucky.
1: Yeah. They, they hit some shots.
0: They hit some shots in the second quarter. When the Mavs first started playing the zone, they were completely set back by that. they the yeah. the game slowed down. They stopped really moving the ball. They were just kind of swinging it on the perimeter they went o of seven from three because they just kind of took shots to try to beat the zone, which like does not work. And, but the guys were all there to close out the shots. So they were taking shots with hands and faces also like none of them were really open. Uh, Lowry took a couple of open ones, but that's because like, he's bigger so he can shoot over guys. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really count, but like they went o of seven in the second quarter from three and uh, they they just looked bad against it. Yeah. Again, like very new team. They haven't really practiced a lot against like a set zone defense. Um, but also like a lot of experienced basketball players who have played against a zone before. So yeah. I don't know. That It was weird to me.
1: Yeah. Here's kind of my analysis of the week as a whole. Yeah. And feel free to push back on me. Uh, About, you know, about this. But to me, it seemed like the Memphis sweep shows that this team is legitimate. It has talent. It can compete. It does play hard. And when everything's clicking, they can absolutely get wins against, you know, projected top-end teams. Yeah. I I think the Mavericks game in, in, in specific, that really shows how much this team is is a work in progress the zone defense being the the biggest glaring weakness and i think sometimes you know when you're having an ugly game a lot of teams and what the jazz did in the past when they did have top end talent throw the ball to your guy say go win us this game and sometimes that netted some really good results and right now while the while the jazz have depth you know they have a roster full of nba players they don't have the guy They don't have that dude. And I think so much of the Mavericks game was simply the Mavericks have Luka Doncic. Right. The Jazz don't. Yep. And when you have a guy who's that dominant, he's just going to straight up win some games for you. Absolutely. So, which I think we'll delve in nicely to our next topic because I think the Jazz are in a really interesting position.
0: Yeah, there's a... There's a couple of ways to look at this. Like the jazz. I think that not having a guy at the end of the game, like certainly is going to like leave you without kind of a go-to move or like someone who can kind of just like take over in a moment at the same time. Like I also liked against the Grizzlies in that first game, especially when Will Hardy was just, just still running like motion offense in the fourth, at the yeah. in the clutch moments of the game, right? Like they don't have the guy. And so they were just kind of like business as usual. It's worked for us all yeah. game. Like, let's not move away. Let's not, you know, give the ball to someone and be like, go take over because this is what works. I like that. That's, uh, that is fun basketball for me to like, watch them actually try to run a play in the final like moments. Um, Yeah, But
1: I think it makes things a little one dimensional though, right? Like if you're a, if you're a pitcher, you're a fastball pitcher, you can't just always rely on throwing a hundred miles an hour and mowing guys down. You got to have a slider. You got to have a change up. Right. And I think
0: that's, I think part of like on, it's like two sides of the same coin, right? Like on one side, when they're running something that has like a, an action that has multiple options it could be Kelly sure. it could be Jordan it could be Mike it could be Lowry then Yeah, we talked
1: about that with the the Pelicans game with Kelly right. taking the the game winner. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And so like that that can be confusing for a team who does they don't have a go-to guy to load up on on defense. Mm-hmm. At the same time though, like they guys play better defense in those high pressure moments. And so if you don't have a guy who can just go break down and get a first step on someone and just beat that fourth quarter defense does do the actions start to just like void themselves. Mm -hmm. So, and both could be true, but it's, I just have never really covered a team that has like, you know, 10 guys and no dudes.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. (laughs) So for me, here's here's the question that's kind of been on my mind uh throughout the week and two questions i should say where do the jazz go and what do they do and i see i see them having options options are good so option number one do they end up do they go all in on tanking do they they sell off some of their talent you know they're they're We've talked about the phone ringing off the hook and guys like like Clarkson and Conley and Beasley and whomever else there, there's a market for them. Do they sell off some of that talent to to further stock the shelves for the future? Or with the shelves already being pretty damn stocked and you have a team that has you've got a bunch of guys, you need a dude. Do you go out and try to get more talent? With that plethora of assets, do you go out and try to get a dude and make a push to become competitive from the jump right now?
0: Right. I think there's a couple a couple of things, variables that are in here right now that need to be mm-hmm. ironed out before we can choose one or the other. And so yeah. those are number one. What I think that there's got to be like a, a number that we have to look at like, what is the Jazz's record when we decide, oh, this isn't cute anymore. It's real. Like, what, is, yeah. what does it need to be? Like, at what point are we going to be like... Because up to this point, we're like, yeah, they'll, they'll regress. Like, they'll it's come back be... down to earth. Right. And, like, that's still possible at... What, what are they? Six and three now? Yeah. That's still possible.
1: It's still a small sample size.
0: If they were... 16 and 5, I'd be like, uh, we might have to talk about this being yeah. real.
1: I mean, I'm usually a believer that you usually start to know what a team's identity is like about. Like 20 games in? 20, 25 games in.
0: Right. And right? so I think I think that we kind of have to get to that point. Jury's still just, out then? Yeah, jury's still out. But then I think at that point, like 20 games in, what what else can be evaluated better is The same could be said about every team in the league, right? Like 20 games in, we probably know who they are. So then we're looking at Houston, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and we're looking at their records and being like, how does that first round pick look that Uh we're going to be getting, which is the least favorable of those? And then we're also looking at Minnesota like, are they figuring it out? Are the is the pick that we're getting from them going to be good? Like you, you have to start like looking and being like, okay, how good are the assets that we're going to get in return on an immediate level for the 2023 picks, And then also like, how, how good is it? Because if we're talking about like a 500 team, I don't think it's worth it to push in. I don't, I don't think like just 500 is good enough. I think that like, I think the jazz would have to be like, shockingly good, kind of in the way that they are right now. I think that this would have to be sustained through like 25-ish games for yeah. the Jazz to be like, it, let's go get someone. Let's do it now.
1: Yeah. Can I tell you my my conspiracy theory that I'm going to start uh, spreading? Ooh, yeah. Royce O'Neal is a sleeper cell.
0: <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. The, the only problem, okay, here's he, the- he-
1: He he has sworn fealty and loyalty to the Utah Jazz.
0: Here's the problem. Danny
1: Ainge. No, that's the problem. That's the problem. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. Let me finish. (laughs) (laughs) Danny Ainge has somehow mind controlled Royce O'Neal to this sworn fealty. And he he is the devil on the shoulders of everyone in that organization.
0: Okay. Here's a little bit of, I don't know if I ever reported this. I don't know. Uh, Breaking okay. news. Yeah, I kind of think I've never said this before, but okay, so um Royce O'Neal goes undrafted, right? Uh very depressing night, whole family's gathered watching the draft, right? Like uh and then rough. N- no one calls his name and it's it's a little weird, you know. Uh he gets a call from his agent and he's like uh, the Celtics want to sign you to uh, to a to a two-way deal and he's like, okay, well, how much is that And that's before the two-way deals were like ironed out to where the players were getting a- actual contracts so basically they were making like probably at most like 70 grand or something like that, right Yeah um. I mean, and and he wouldn't have been like on the on that two way deal it's like you can spend as many as it was like 45 days then with the NBA team and you're only paid NBA salary on the days they actually call you up so like you could Oof. end up making like yeah. like 50 grand so um he talks to his agent and his agent's got a couple things lined up overseas too it's like he can go play in Germany he could he could have gone and played like a couple of other places and he's like yeah you're going to make more money over there and Royce is like I don't know, man. Like, I feel like I'm better than the G League. Like, I feel like I don't deserve that right now. And so they tell they tell the Celtics, Danny Ainge, they tell him no. And so it's he's waiting. It's a few it's a couple days later, something like that. And uh Ainge calls back and is like, I see you didn't sign anywhere. <laughs> Got another got another offer for you. Except for now it's a G League deal and we've cut the salary in half.
1: <laughs> that's that's seems like classic Danny Ainge.
0: To which Royce was like, Absolutely not, I'm going to Europe. This is unbelievable. And uh, so I went. He went overseas and played, and then he went to the Jazz. Now, is this a long game ploy? And that's actually not true. And what he did was he paid him to go to Europe so that then the then the Jazz would pick him up later, then send him to Brooklyn to blow things up. It's a long game, folks.
1: <laughs> this is it. We've we've cracked the case. Sure, Danny- we look like Charlie in the newsroom from Always Sunny, but. We Danny Ames case.
0: called Ryan Smith and he was like, Hey, in a couple of years, will you buy the Utah Jazz?
1: <laughs> he didn't have to call them. No, they were golfing.
0: Yeah, they were golfing. He's like, What if? <laughs> and then we got this guy. His name's Royce O'Neill. <laughs> uh,
1: this is a Tom Clancy novel.
0: Yeah, I love it. It's really good. I, oh, that yes. that story is very funny to me because then, so then like Danny Ainge comes and he becomes the CEO of basketball and Royce is there and he immediately, what's the first move that Danny made? Got rid of Royce. What is going on in Utah? <laughs> well, this has been
1: fun. That was a cool story.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess my answer to all of that is like, I think that both things could happen, but I really like in order to go all in, the jazz would have to be shockingly good. And if there if there's not that, then I think that playing well is only going to make Danny's life easier because he's like, oh, all these guys have great value. They're playing great. Everyone wants them. I'm just going to sit by the phone.
1: Yesterday's price is not today's price.
0: No, it's not. No, it yeah. is not.
1: Again, I'm going to say it all all season long. The Jazz are playing with house money right now.
0: Absolutely, regardless
1: of what they do. So, sit back and enjoy. The vibes are good.
0: Vibes are great. Um, The Jazz's next four games are Lakers tonight, Clippers on Sunday. That's a uh, they're spending four days in L.A. Make of that what you will. Uh, Then they've got a back-to-back game on Monday when the Lakers come to Utah. Uh And then they head out on a road trip where uh, they're in Atlanta on Wednesday. And then they've they've actually got three days off in between games between Atlanta and the Wizards. And so, weird, weird schedule here.
1: That is, but good for them. I know that, I mean, the NBA is... They canceled all games on, or not canceled, but they made sure not to schedule any games on Tuesday, so people can yeah. vote. Yeah,
0: and uh, they're making like every game that's played on Monday, so the night before the election is going to be like free to stream for everyone.
1: Yeah, on the NBA app.
0: Right, and so that's cool. That like election Eve, they're like, "Hey, everyone, come here!" And they're going to run like a bunch of promotional stuff about like people going out and voting. That's that's cool. I like that.
1: My ballot's been in the mail for quite a while now.
0: I actually got to go. I didn't get my I didn't get my ballot in the mail, which annoys me. So I got to go do it in person. What's, What's going on going in on Utah? Utah? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. What are your picks for? Should we pick through Saturday?
1: Yeah, sure. Why not?
0: OK, so we've got five games then on the docket. Uh-huh. What, what are your picks?
1: I'm going okay. two and three. Two and three. Do you yeah. want to say wh- what beat- you think the
0: losses are? Yeah.
1: The losses, I think, are going to be – I think they lose one game to the, the Lakers. One, uh, I think they lose the game to the Clippers and the Hawks, and they beat the Lakers once. I think they, they go 500 in that series, and they beat the Wizards.
0: The Hawks are – that one's hard for me, actually.
1: It's Atlanta nightlife.
0: Yeah. But like you, that's what I'm
1: chalking it up to
0: Atlanta nightlife. But you got a bunch of boring dudes. It's like, well, Oh, Chai and Walker Kessler aren't going to be.
1: This is, this is their introduction to the dark. side. Of
0: Oh, Chai and Walker Kessler are not your big minute guys. Who? The, okay. Yeah. Kelly married. Doesn't want to be, doesn't want to get Instagrammed by anyone. <laughs>
1: Mike Yeah, the Jazz don't really have like a Lou Williams guy, do they? No,
0: they don't. That's that's why I'm like, maybe they maybe they beat the Hawks.
1: You're you're it, talking me into it. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna stick with it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go back on my picks. I'm going two and three. All
0: and, right. I'm know. going three and two. I'm saying I'm saying they're gonna beat the Hawks. Okay. They're gonna two beat and the three, Hawks. Three and two. Uh they'll win one of the LA games. Oh, the wizards. Like,
1: they I mean they play three, they play the Lakers twice in the Clippers. Lakers
0: twice and the Clippers. Wait, so you're you're saying that they're going to lose to the Clippers and the Lakers once.
1: Yes. I think they lose in LA. I think they lose both games in LA. They come home on the seventh. They win for Noah's fifth birthday.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Then they go to Atlanta, and the entire team gets lemon pepper wing poisoning.
0: <laughs> yeah, they
1: lose that game,
0: and they beat. Them. Then they're
1: angry, they're angry. You know, they've lost three of four, and they come right. out and they they give Kyle Kuzma and Kristaps Porzingis atomic wedgies and win by fifteen.
0: Oh, man, this is hard cuz the problem is is that like I'm I'm Just on the- just
1: make your you've already said you you've made your picks. It's three I'm on
0: six. the edge of like starting to kind of believe in them, right? So that's the problem.
1: Well, we'll see.
0: Yeah, 3 and 2 3 and 2
1: I'm writing it down. You can't you can't go back. It's in the outline right now.
0: Okay, but Three and two, but I'm saying that they lose to the Clippers and they lose to the Lakers on the back to back. Okay. So I'm saying, and then they
1: win. They win the next three. They go on a three game win streak.
0: No, they're beating the Lakers tonight, and then they're going to beat okay. the Hawks and the Wizards
1: on the okay. road. And they lose to the Lakers at home. Yes. On my son's fifth birthday.
0: Yeah, I'm. <laughs> he came to
1: your he came to your party in a costume
0: he did it was really great uh, and you yeah. do
1: this to my child
0: on the on the, you, I, on the yeah, I my, was that's what on I was going to do on the day
1: of my fifth my child's fifth birthday
0: I was going to do, do it but I've Brando. never seen it I've never seen it so I didn't know what to say how have
1: you never seen the godfather
0: there we go folks there we go. Never wait.
1: Two out of three.
0: Wait, Matt, you've never seen of the unsalvageable
1: crew have not seen The Godfather. It's true. I, I, I you know what so, to do. Yeah. Light, you know ray- what
0: to do. <laughs> <laughs> Matt tried to talk. What a loser. I know. <laughs> I, no,
1: I, it's not that. I'm just, I'm, I need to go for a walk right now.
0: All right. I'm not if mad. It,
1: I'm more upset about this. Maybe what we can do is if we if we do a Patreon, we can do uh you know, have have Sarah and Matt watch movies and re- do a review. Yeah, you, Actually, <laughs> you guys yeah. have a movie podcast.
0: <laughs> believe me. Believe me, I won't be I won't be doing that. I'm not gonna watch any movies. <laughs> I'd watch Sarah watches I, the I,
1: Sorcerer's Stone on repeat.
0: Hell yeah! That's what I'm talking about. You guys know what to do: rate, <laughs> review, subscribe, download, do all of the things. Please tell your friends that own businesses, and please tell your friends that are looking for advertisers that we would love to partner with them. Um, we're we're willing to do a lot of really good work, and so the DMs are open. Um, the unsalvageable Twitter, which is unsalvageables. Our our DMs are open. You can follow Greg at Dad Sham Dad. You can follow me at NBA Sarah. You can also send us an email on salvageablepod at gmail.com. We are so available to be contacted, you wouldn't believe it. Again, leave us those five star reviews and we will talk to you next time.
1: Swans of never gonna give you up.
0: Oh okay, I forgot to mention uh forgot to mention his but not care, so doesn't. <laughs>